Hello and welcome to today's episode of the My Faith in Christ podcast. I'm your host, Jaira Gibson, and I'm delighted to have you join us for a time of inspiration and revelation. My goal is to help you understand your position and identity in Christ and how to apply that knowledge to live the abundant life that Jesus promised he came to give us. So again, welcome and let's get into today's topic. Hello and welcome. I trust all is well as I greet you today and I'm excited to have you join us. Uh, This is episode number one and the topic is what it means to be in Christ. And I have two goals for this uh, episode today. One is my hope is that you to help you gain some foundational truth about who you are in Christ and of course to inspire you to learn more. Because let's face it, this journey, this faith walk that we're all in as believers in Christ um, only gets better as we grow in our knowledge in the Lord Lord Jesus Christ so that we can be um, to fulfill our potential as we seek to uh, always, always have peace and joy in our lives. And so what it means to be in Christ. There's nothing more fundamental or foundational as the believer's position and identity of who they are in Christ. And, you know, to be in Christ is a radical transformation, actually a change right to the very core of our being. And in fact, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So essentially, no matter what kind of life a person lives, uh, they can be the worst, have the worst reputation, do all kinds of um crazy things, uh, develop a reputation for being a troublemaker and things of this nature. However, once that person receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're actually a brand new person. You can't look at that person and and call them the same person because as the word says, everything becomes new. And you know, the Bible's depiction of salvation is the result of a reunion with God. It is the process by which those who are redeemed are rescued from a life of opposition to God and drawn into a life of reconciliation. Amen. As we know, when Adam sinned in the garden, he broke that communion that man had with God in the beginning. And then Jesus going to the cross restored that reunion for us. In Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing and the heavenly places in Christ. And you know, there are three foundational spiritual blessings that we've been given. Faith, grace, and strength. In Romans 12, 3, it says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, when you think about that, if God has given you the measure, notice it says the measure, not a measure. So in other words, it was very intentional that God has given us all the measure of faith. And I believe that allows us to have all the faith that we need. I don't think it's appropriate to ask for more faith. Because let's face it, God don't make any mistakes. And if he's given to every man the measure of faith, I I guarantee you that that is all that we need. Amen. Um, On top of the fact that we have the agent of faith, which is the Holy Spirit working in us, which gives us strength to face every challenge. And of course, we know that according to Romans 10, 17, 
faith rises and expands in our hearts every time we hear, read, and study the Word. And I'll, I'll even go one step further. Every time we apply the Word of God in our life, faith has an a- opportunity to serve us and show us exactly um, the benefit or the blessing of living a life of faith. The second of those three spiritual blessings as grace, which is God's unearned favor, and it is demonstrated by His love that transcend our sin. I'm sorry, transcend our sin. <laughs> Say that three times. Sin, as in uh, sin acts, and gives us His full support. In the book of Hebrews, speaks of us coming boldly to the throne of grace to get help and to obtain uh, mercy in a time of need. And then the third thing, of course, is our strength. Our strength comes from the Holy Spirit living in us. His strength is how we stand in those difficult times, resisting temptations and enduring sorrow and heartache and remaining steadfast. You know, there's there's a lot going on in the world today. And, and when we're going through things and when we're, we're attacked, it is that strength that comes from within that allows us to stand strong and watch God work that thing out for us. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, he's telling this to, to the Apostle Paul, who had been dealing with a thorn in the flesh, which was a messenger of Satan. Amen. And when he pleaded with God to remove this from him, sometimes when we ask God to do things, he doesn't respond right away. However, the word that Paul received was, my grace is sufficient for you. So Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Praise God. Think about that. When we are weak, when we're going through something, when we're dealing with something, it's not in of our own strength to be able to get through that. It is the power of Christ resting upon me so that I can have joy, I can have peace, I can't, I can, it's not that I deny the situation or the circumstance, amen, but rather I focus on and walk in and believe in the power of Christ that is upon me, thereby able to get through it. Uh, you know, everything a Christian receives from God is received in Christ, which is precisely why in the book of John, Jesus gives us a beautiful illustration of why we should abide in him. In John 15, uh, verses 1 through 11 of the ESV, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. He says, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Amen. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now that word abide is is really um, fascinating to me because it basically means to rest, to be with, to sit down, to, um, to hang out with, more or less. Abiding in Christ and I in you, that basically is giving God or Jesus full reign over our life and that because we stay connected we are able to bear fruit and it's not out of our own effort um 
at least fruit that's worth talking about. I mean, well, there's there's things that we can produce our own, but do they last? Do they have a, 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 a an impact on our life to allow us to live the um, abundant life that Jesus uh, promises us? I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be, and it will be done for you. The result of faith that allows us to go to God and ask for things. And as we are abiding in him, in other words, staying connected to him, Living a life that is conducive to um, the fulfillment of our destiny. And again, as it says, abide in me my and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. In other words, as we abide in Christ, we are led by, when you think of asking for things, amen, by abiding in Christ, we hear from God through the power of the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into all truth. And therefore, when we ask for things, we are always in agreement with the will of God for our life because we're st we stay connected to Jesus. Amen. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so to prove that you be my disciples. In other words, the people that we have influence over people will see us and that's how God is glorified by the blessings that are bestowed upon us based on the things that we're praying about and obviously we get excited when we receive blessings from God and we we're, 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 we share that we show the joy and peace in the midst of circumstances and this is how God is glorified and then the scripture goes on to say as the father has loved me so I have loved you abide in my love and if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide his, in his love. And it wraps up this, um, says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. You know, there's no secret that people are going through things nowadays with all the turmoil and economy and uh, inflation and uh, the sickness disease. I mean, there's there's so many different things people are dealing with nowadays. Um, uh, we have to know that all things are working out together for our good and our joy is full um, as we abide in Jesus. In Romans 8, 1, it says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, before we became believers, we were living uh, apart from God because that communion was broken by Adam in the garden. In the book of Romans, it says, By one man, one man's offense, sin abounded. However, by, by another man's obedience, which is Christ, grace much more abounded. And so because as a child of God, there is no, no condemnation. God is not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. There is nothing that you or I could do that cause them to love us anymore. And by the same token, there's nothing we can do for, to cause him to love us any less. Having no condemnation before God, regardless of what your life is, no matter what your lifestyle are, your habits, he loves you. He And he's always going to be 
there for you. As the Bible says, he never leaves you or forsakes you. Amen. The King James Version of uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. You're completely, you're not even who you were, <laughs> so to speak. Old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. And then the uh, 518 and 5, and then 18 and 19 goes on to say, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So what are we talking about here? It says he is God is not holding anything against you. Praise God. He's he was in Christ in God. I messed that up. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And so you know, when you think about how um he's our perfect example of how we are to be with people, Jesus Dined with sinners. You never heard him uh, uh, throughout scriptures. He was never, anytime someone came to him for healing, uh, for anything, he never turned them away. He never asked, well, what, what what have you been doing lately? You know, what's, what's, what's been your habits? You know, have you been sinning? What kind of life you've been living? He never went down that litany list that we sometimes will put people through when they are seeking help. Um, and so, therefore, as our example, he simply loved people everywhere he went, gave them the truth, encouraged them to live a life um, without sin. Regardless, it says here he was not holding anything against them. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, it says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. In other words, sometimes, you know, we, we live a life sometimes where we're not challenged. And so, therefore, if we know, face challenges, many times our faith it goes unchallenged. And so, like, you know, working out at the gym. If you never work out and all of a sudden you start doing a workout, you feel muscles. You're sore. Why is that? Because those muscles were basically laying dormant for an extended period of time. You decide to go work them out and they, they start to wake up and stretch and tear. And, and that's how you build muscle. And it's the same way with um, examining yourself, what to see whether you have to test yourselves, or do you not realize this, this is about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Amen. That according Ephesians goes on. Ephesians three sixteen says that, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to <laughs> may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all, than all the, <laughs> now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. In the, uh, in verse 16, the word strength in the Greek is the word kratos, which is ruling power. 
So in other words, God wants you to have ruling power in your inner man so that when the attacks come from Satan, you rule over that as the king that you are. That power speaks of inherent power and refers to refers to your God-given faith so that the circumstances no longer dictate you, dictate to you, but you rule over them, thereby living a stable life no matter what comes your way. I mean, it don't matter what's happening. The world could be falling apart around you. you just kind of cool, calm, and collective because of who you are in Christ. That's your power comes from working that faith that's working in you. In fact, um, verse 20 where it speaks of, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think according to that power. Well, that power is the faith that God put in us to reign in life. And it, that work is referring to using or exercising our faith. Amen. So I, I don't know about you, but I, I have a pretty vast and, and, and big imagination. So that scripture always blesses me to the utmost because it says he will do far above exceedingly above and beyond anything that we can ask or even imagine amen and then in colossians it says to colossians 1 and 27 to them god chose to make known how great among the gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is christ in you the hope of glory the glory of god is the presence of god and how much more in the presence of God can we be than Jesus Christ living in us through the power of the Holy Spirit? So therefore, we should set our minds on things that are above. Because if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, which is where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And in fact, in Ephesians 2 and 6, it said he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when you think about sitting up on a, like being in a, um, on a mountain and looking down in the valley, you know, you're far above anything that's going on in the valley. Nothing going on in the valley can hurt, harm, or endanger you because you're far removed from that. So when you think of keeping our focus on the things above, which is where Christ is at, you know, seated in the heavenly places. We can look past or not even be affected by what's happening in the world today. That's why we're so important, as it says in Proverbs, to guard your heart. Amen. Guard what comes in by what we see, by what we hear, and many times by what we say, so that we stay in agreement with the Word of God in terms of our our prosperity, our health, um, the fact that God loves us, He's not mad at us. The fact that we you are enough. There's nothing that you need to do to prove yourself to God. Amen. He took care of that, all that on the cross. Now, your life in Christ means that every, you have everything you'll ever need to succeed. Live, living a life of abundance and awesome peace. Nothing can match the priceless gift of living a life in Christ. In fact, the, the book of Ephesians also says that in Christ, you are blessed, chosen, holy, blameless, redeemed, forgiven, and accepted in the blood, which is Jesus Christ. Praise God. So living a life in Christ comes from understanding what it means to be in Christ. Right? So I pray that this has been a blessing for you, that you will take what you've learned 
apply the scriptures to your life and also again be inspired to learn more so that you can continually strive toward that abundant life that Jesus promises as you learn what it means to be in Christ. Be well, be blessed, and we'll see you next time. Amen and praise God. I trust you have been blessed from what we learned today regarding our position and identity in Christ Jesus. And remember, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians 1.3. The foundation of those blessings being faith, grace, and strength. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. And if you did, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with your friends. Be well, be blessed, and remember, God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Take care.